Corinthians chapter 2. Whew, wow. You'll never look at the phone book the same again. Amen? That is your prayer list. Pray over it. Hallelujah. And be expecting for those divine appointments to come to pass. We have to have expectation. Amen? 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 9 through 12 says this. It says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Because the real you, you're a spirit being. Amen, first and foremost. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know, say no, no. the things that have been freely given to us by God. I want to talk about something and it lines right up with what the Holy Spirit is doing today. Let me ask you something. What was it that made the apostles, the disciples, and other powerful men and women of God shake the world without modern technology, such as radio, television, satellite, and all of this stuff? What was it back in the Bible days? What was it? Even back the Smith Wigglesworth days, the John G. Lake days, these individuals who are on fire for the Lord. What is the thing that was uh, so powerful on the inside of them? Now we know that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. That's just a given. Amen. We know that. But I'm talking about another element. Well, I could go too, but the, let me mention this one. If you will look at the characteristics of every man and woman of God that have been used by God in a powerful way. There's a couple common threads. Number one, childlike faith. They read the word. They believed what it said. With no doubt, they're not trying to figure out. They just acted on it. Kind of like this man right here is doing. Get ready. You're going to see miracles. Childlike faith. But what was another element that inspired these individuals to such a degree that where they were unstoppable? The answer is revelation. Revelation knowledge. Now, this scripture we just read points out that revelation and illumination comes from the Holy Spirit. Revelation brings understanding of that which was not known by natural means. Follow me here. Revelation creates a conviction in a Christian that cannot be ignored. These men and women of God who are walking in the power of God, they had a revelation of it. When they read the word, they, 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 they were like, they read the word and they said, God, this is great of what the, the people in the early church did. This is wonderful. But God, I, I just don't want to read about it. I want to walk in it. Who's willing to take that step? Whose heart is hungry for that? Where you just don't want to read it. You want to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. This place is filled with the presence of God right now, by the way. 
Revelation and illumination from the Holy Spirit creates a conviction, I said, in a Christian that cannot be ignored. Now you need to know this. The Holy Spirit wants to give us, the Christian, revelation and illumination from the Word of God. He desires to give it to us. In fact, that's one of the Holy Spirit's functions, is to give you illumination and revelation. He wants to make you on fire for Jesus. Are you hearing me, somebody? What, did you all get tired out during the praise and worship or what? Come on. Hallelujah. Now you got to know this. Revelation that you receive must be judged according to the word of God. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, get rid of it. If it doesn't line up with the Bible, get rid of it. Joseph Smith's revelation was not from God. Are you hearing me? It didn't line up with the word. People took the bait of Satan. Okay. You need to know this. In the spirit realm, there's two kingdoms. Kingdom of God, kingdom of Satan. Spiritual revelation is going to come from one of those two places. And the only way to judge the revelation is by the written word of God. Will you do that? Will you let that revelation, that illumination you get, will you let it be filtered through the word of God? You've got to. Or else you're going to go in the ditch and you're going to start some crazy religion like Jehovah Witness stuff and Mormons. Are you hearing me, somebody? Amen? Amen? Alright, so it's got to line up with the word of God. Revelation and and illumination from the Holy Spirit should be a normal part of the Christian life. Just like the normal, normal Christian every day should be drawing closer to Jesus. Every day. That's normal. And I want to say, if you're drawing closer to the Lord, you're gonna, the Holy Spirit, and you're getting in the word of God every day. The Holy Spirit is going to illuminate truths to you. He's going to reveal, he's going to uncover truths that are in the word of God. See, this is the thing. The word of God is written in such a way that we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to open it up to us. That's how some people can take two different scriptures and they get all wacky on it. Are you hearing me? Because they need the Holy Spirit to, to give them understanding, illumination on this thing. But if you're quenching the Holy Spirit, guess who's going to come in its place? An unholy spirit. Hello, somebody. You've got to be very careful that you're not quenching the Holy Spirit or grieving the Holy Spirit in your life. But listen, so many Christians backslide in their walk with Jesus because they fail to keep the revelation fresh that they have received when they first came to Jesus. How many of you, when you came to Jesus, you had an incredible experience with him? Are you hearing me? Oh, my experience was absolutely really out of this world. And I'll tell you what, you got to keep it fresh. You've got to, what brought you first to Jesus? You've got to keep those emotions fresh. I can't stand it when someone says, like someone like Derek, you know, they're, they're fairly new uh, in the Lord. When someone comes up to him and says, hey, you know, wisdom, brother, you just got to calm down. I say the same thing you're saying. Get behind me, Satan. I'm going to be on fire for Jesus. I'd rather have a little wildfire than no fire at all. Amen? Glory to God. You're seeing, exactly. You're seeing results. When you're bold for Jesus, you're going to see results. You know, God can handle that, you know? 
God can handle a little wildfire. Amen? The problem is when you don't have any fire at all, you're not doing anything. So Christians backslide because they fail to keep the revelation fresh of when they first came to Jesus. They fail also to reach for fresh manna, fresh revelation from the Holy Spirit. They fail to stop getting in the word of God. We need the word of God. Proverbs 29, 18. Very interesting verse here. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, or literally revelation, illumination, the people perish or fall away. They backslide. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. Why? Why is the person happy that follows the the law or, or keeps the faith? Because they are moving forward with God. And on a daily basis, the Holy Spirit's going to minister to them. It's going to open and reveal the word of God to them. And it's going to stay fresh in your heart. Amen? Are you a stale Christian today or a fresh Christian? Hallelujah. But that's interesting. Where there's no vision, where there's no revelation, there's no spiritual sight. The people perish, they fall away, they backslide. Basically, they're going to get their tails kicked by the enemy. We have to keep moving forward with the Lord. You know, and and, you know, for the backslider, Revelation 2, chapter 2 talks about it, that they lost their first love. They lost their first love. You know, quite often... When a husband and wife, when they have marriage troubles and the intimacy is not there, many times in counseling, I'll, I'll say, you know, let's go back to when you first met. Let, let's go back to when you first met. What, what drew you to each other? What was the thing that really connected you guys? You know how in couples, you know, you could have some pretty stupid arguments and, you know, and you just, over the years, you just start to lose that intimacy, I see, that, you know, people doing a lot of marriage counseling. Well, I take them back. They need to go back when they first met. What first brought you there? You got to stir that up again. Just like the backslider needs to stir up their original emotions that they had for Jesus that they first came to him in the first place. Stir it up. Number one, you need to know this. That Satan and demon spirits are opposed to you and I, the Christian, receiving revelation and illumination. And they will try to do anything. To try to stop it from coming. The Bible says that Daniel fasted and prayed for 21 days. Say 21 days. Not just prayed, but fasted in that time. And when the angel finally got to him, the angel said, Daniel, the first day that you prayed, I was dispatched to you. Let me ask you this. What if he stopped praying and fasting one day short? What if he stopped on the 20th day? The breakthrough we had a couple years ago here with that outpouring, it was the 10th day of prayer out of 14. And I won't t- I'll won't. i tell you this, on the third day, the fourth day, to be honest with you, there's sometimes when I got bored, I'm like, God, what do, uh, you know, man, it just sometimes, Lord, you know, where's your presence? But when you press in, you press in, you pressed in, boom, we had a breakthrough in the spirit realm. And God poured out his spirit, and we've been seeing traces of this ever since. And I think we're heading back in that direction. Can you feel that? All right. So, but the angel said, you you know, the, the first day you prayed, Daniel, I was sent to bring the understanding of the vision that the Lord gave to you. 
He said, but the prince of Persia, which was an evil spirit, uh, uh, an evil spirit, a principality over that location where Daniel was, was hindering this angel. These two, these two, the, a good angel and, a, and an evil angel were up in the heavens fighting, the Bible reveals. And he was trying to hinder the revelation from coming to Daniel. Satan and evil spirits don't want you moving forward with God. And they don't want you to get revelation. Are you hearing me? Now, if Satan, uh, if Satan can't hinder the revelation or illumination from coming, it's someone who's really trying to move forward with God, he or they will try to buffet you. Say buffet. He will try to buffet you to make you draw back spiritually from continuing to move forward with God to receive more revelation. In fact, the enemy wants it to get stale. Just how it got stale in the backslider's life. Oh, they lost their first love. Guess what? Satan and evil spirits are like, yeah, that's what we wanted. Are you hearing me? That's what they want. They want you to go back into the old pig slop of, of the life you lived before coming to Jesus. Oh, I'm going somewhere with this. How about Paul's thorn in the flesh? Go to 2 Corinthians 12. I want to show you something here. 2 Corinthians 12. Let me just give you a little hint. Paul's thorn in the flesh was not a sickness or disease. But it had everything to do with the enemy was mad at the revelation that Paul was receiving from the Lord. Let me show you something here. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan. A messenger of Satan. Where did this thing come from? Satan, not from God. Did you catch that? It didn't say uh, God sent a messenger from God. You see how the enemy twists these things in people's minds? We got a whole bunch of people running around with sickness, disease in their body, thinking this is a thorn in their flesh, and they just got to live with it. Bull! They don't! This has nothing to do in the connection with sickness and disease. Listen, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. That word infirmities is not sickness and diseases. That's talking about Paul's inability to produce results. Hello. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Why? Because our inability to produce results makes us lean upon Jesus more. Either it's going to do that or you're going to fall away and you're just a punching bag for the devil. Are you hearing me? So let's look at this now. A thorn in the flesh was given by Satan, lest Paul be exalted above measure. What is that talking about? Now, let's, let's follow me here with the camera if you get. All right, you see everyone is sitting down here, right? Everyone is at the normal plane. They're at the same measure. Are you hearing me? Derek, stand up. A revelation comes. The Holy Spirit shows you something. Now you just got lifted above the normal measure. You're going higher spiritually. And guess what the enemy did to Paul? He sent a demonic spirit to follow him around. Tr sit down. Trying to put him back down. Are you seeing this? 
I'm telling you, I'm talking about the, being inspired by revelation. The enemy knows the power of revelation knowledge. He knows the power of receiving illumination from the Holy Spirit. That it creates such a drive in you. And he knows that you're going to be a serious threat to Satan's kingdom. If you really receive and you move forward with God. So what happens is it's not a sickness or disease. Now, why did Paul sought the Lord three times and he said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. All right. If it was sickness and disease, it wouldn't even line up with any other part of the Bible that Jesus took by his stripes. We were healed and all of these healing scriptures. It would be totally out of context and we wouldn't even be able to trust the word. Are you hearing me? So you got to keep it in context. You got to rightfully divide the word. Why did God not deliver him from this thorn in the flesh? He said, my grace is sufficient because we were promised uh, we were promised to be delivered from sickness and infirmity, according to the word, but we were never promised to be delivered from persecution. And God said, hey, Paul, basically my grace, my favor is sufficient. I gave you the authority to deal with this thing. Are you hearing me, somebody? I've given you the strength here to make it through this persecution and this tribulation. Are you seeing this? That this was not a sickness or disease or else it would throw all the rest of the word of God out of balance. All right, you'll get it later. All right. So when you receive a revelation or illumination from the Holy Spirit, it takes you above the normal measure. It, it exalts you. It lifts you up higher. How many of you know what I'm talking about? When you were reading the word of God and all of a sudden, man, something, the Holy Spirit revealed this to you, how to apply it to a situation. He just spoke to your heart and it's like, whoa, whoa. And you, you, you put that thing into practice and, and you were really a serious threat to Satan's kingdom at that point. And then you ran up against big time spiritual warfare. Are you hearing me? God said, on this earth, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have persecution. You're going to have tribulations. Just expect it. All who live uh, godly on this earth are going to have persecution, the Bible says. All of them. All the Christians that choose to live according to the word, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to have tribulation. All right. So, so a demon or a messenger of Satan was sent by Satan to buffet Paul. Because of the abundance of revelation he was receiving and, and the enemy was trying to knock him back down. But Paul was unstoppable. I really, I mean, Paul, he, look at, look at how he, he, uh, well, he, not unstoppable, but look at the impact he made. Are you, are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Because there is something on the inside of him. The truth became so real to him. He said, there's no way I can deny my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I know it. I know it's real. I know it's the truth. And that's why people go to their graves confessing Jesus as Lord and Savior. Are you hearing me, somebody? Paul was a humble man. And the Lord was lifting him up, exalting him by giving him these revelations of the gospel of Jesus Christ to preach the word. First Peter 5, 5 through 6. I want to show you something here. Hallelujah. We've got to rightfully divide the word of God. Now you can see if you read that thorn in the flesh thing without any help from the Holy Spirit, without being open to the Holy Spirit, you can see how the enemy can twist that and make someone think, oh, well, this cancer is my thorn in the flesh then. Uh, 
You know, after all, Paul had an infirmity, sickness, or disease. Are you hearing me? It's twisted. It's perverted. It's not even in line with the word. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6 says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed in humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble, favor to the humble, strength to the humble, you name it, all the good things of God. Verse 6, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. That he may exalt you. God will exalt, God will lift up the humble. Humility, if you are walking humbly, And you have a teachable spirit before God. The Holy Spirit will give you more illumination and revelation from God's word. And I'll tell you right now, pride will be a roadblock for that happening. It will be a roadblock for that happening. The uh, the pride will shut down the Holy Ghost. In fact, God said here in 1 Peter, he said, hey, and this is to Christians, by the way. This isn't to unbelievers. Unbelievers are children of the devil. They're resisted already by the Lord. But this says that God resists the proud. He resists them. He resists them. You can't even approach him if you have pride. And of course, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, they all work as a team. Are you hearing me, somebody? All right. But why do you think the enemy fights so hard to keep you from praying? Why do you think the enemy fights you so hard from reading and studying the word of God at night? Satan does not want you to get further revelation and illumination from the Holy Spirit. He knows, like I said, that you are a much greater threat to his evil kingdom on this earth. He knows that. He knows that. I mean, I, I, I've talked to some, you know, newly saved Christians and, and even to myself when I first got saved, it's like I digested the Bible like the New Testament like that when I first had my experience with the Lord. And it's like I would just open the book, I would read, you know, one verse and it's like, boom, there's an explosion on the inside of me. It's like, boom, 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 boom. You're probably there right now. Boom, 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 boom. Revelation, revelation, revelation. And, and then they just seem to, you know, the attacks start to come. Hey, nobody told me this would be this hard. I thought everything was supposed to be perfect in my life. No, what's happening? Satan's coming to buffet you, to bring you back down. He's trying to buffet you, to bring you back down. Number two, revelation inspires a Christian to use their authority in Christ. Hallelujah. I was so blessed hearing uh, Angela's testimony See, what you, have, what you heard her say today about, she, she has received a revelation of the power of our spoken words. She received a revelation, and look at, we're seeing results. She's a new lady. I'm serious. I mean, she come in to talk to me, uh, was it last week or something, and, and just to share what the Lord's doing in her life, and it's like, man, Angela, you are glowing. You are glowing. Because she is receiving revelation and illumination from the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me? It revolutionizes your whole Christian walk. It takes it from being boring and mundane. That's why I said, anyone who says the Christian life is boring or mundane, you haven't even stepped both feet in the door of the Christian life. You're not doing something right. There's a dam there. There's a roadblock there. Something's not right. 
Because the usual thing is moving closer to Jesus and more revelation and illumination coming in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But revelation inspires a Christian to use their authority in Christ. One of the things that first happened to me and Elizabeth actually together when we first got saved is that we got a revelation of, of the power in the name of Jesus. I had a revelation of Ephesians 6.12 that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but our battle is, is a fight um, not in the natural, but in the spirit realm. You know, it's it's not that person at work. Yeah, yeah, they, they might be acting like a jerk, but you know, there's something motivating this individual. Because our wrestling match is not against flesh and blood. It's in the realm of the spirit. So what how do you so what you need to do? You need to make war on the floor. You need to start praying. See? But what's our first reaction? Getting bitter, getting angry at this individual. Guess what you did? You just fell right into the trap of the devil. When this person, whether an unbeliever or not, or a Christian even sometimes who, you know, how many of you know Christians can act jerky? Amen. I mean, but, but sometimes people are a mouthpiece for the enemy. Even Jesus had to say to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Peter, uh, a disciple. <laughs> An apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, if he can fall into that trap, how many of you know we got to be pretty sober and vigilant here because it can happen to us? Amen? And I'm going to step up to say we probably all have been used that way, all right? But anyways, uh, your wrestling match is in the realm of the Spirit. we got to make war on the floor, on our knees. We need to get into prayer. And that's why I'm calling the church to prayer this week, Monday through Saturday, 6 o'clock till... I don't know. Whenever. Amen. Hallelujah. You come out and be with us as much as you can. If you can come for 15, 10 minutes, do it. Whatever. Just come. Just make an effort. Make an effort. If not, at 6 p.m., just be praying with us. Amen. Wherever you're at. Um, but that revelation of our authority in Christ led me and inspired me in the area of, of spiritual warfare and deliverance ministry. A lot of times people are just dealing with the fruit. They're not going to the root. So God, there's something. And God started opening, opening my eyes to people who are in demonic bondage. That the world doesn't have the answer. Are you hearing me, somebody? I said the world doesn't have the answer. But we do. And this is one of the things, that's why I, I just, I have such a heart for the deliverance ministry. Matthew 16, go there with me. Use your authority in Christ. You and your family, you and your wife, before you go to bed, just every night, just say, you know, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just loose every blessing that you have for us in this home, on my family. And Satan, I bind you. I bind every demonic spirit trying to come in, trying to attack my family. I command you to leave this house. I command you to leave my children. I command you to leave my family in Jesus' name. Do it. Speak it. Right, Angela? Speak it. It's got to be released. It's got to come from the heart and out your mouth for it to make any kind of difference. Hallelujah. Matthew 16, 13 and 19. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I, that I the son of man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah. 
or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Say revelation. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, I, I, I got some insight for some people. That rock is not the Apostle Peter. What is he talking about then? That rock is the revelation of who Jesus is. I'll tell you, you get a revelation of truly who he is. You are, you become a warrior for the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen? That's the rock that Jesus was talking about. That Jesus is the Son of God. And I want you to notice that the gates of hell, or Hades, shall not prevail against it. Shall not prevail against that revelation. When that revelation is fresh, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You will be kicking down the gates of hell on this earth. And you will be on the offensive and not the defensive. Listen to me. you got to understand this. I have never seen a gate fight before. A gate is for defensive purposes, isn't it? A gate is to keep something out or to keep something from moving beyond a certain point. That tells me that we as Christians are to be on the offensive. Kick down the gates of hell or Satan's kingdom on this earth. And this is one of the revelations that I, that became so real in me when I got born again. And we need to keep that fresh, amen? We have to keep these revelations, this illumination fresh that the Holy Spirit gives us. Stir it up on the inside of you. Advance the kingdom of God. Jesus said, I will give unto you, the Christian, keys to the kingdom. Now, I don't know about you, but when I got my driver's license, my parents put the keys to the car in my hand. I, I got in the car and I started driving. How many of you know I had a choice? He could have given me the keys and I could have just stood there and not do anything with them. Well, Jesus is the same way. He's given us keys to the kingdom. You can use them or you don't have to. My recommendation, I say get in that car, fire it up, and you go in Jesus' name. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. We have to use and exercise our authority in the name of Jesus. All right. Revelation inspires a Christian to take up their cross and follow Jesus, no matter the price, no matter the cost. Look at this, Matthew 16, go there with me. Matthew 16, 24 through 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whosoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus said, let him deny himself. Take up the cross and follow me. What is the cross he's talking about? The will of God. 
The will of God is that cross. And when you get a revelation of the truth, when, you know, one thing that revelation does, it creates purpose in a person. That's why you see unbelievers, they're on this earth and there's absolutely no purpose. They're going every which way. They're trying to search for their purpose. They're trying to search for their purpose. Guess what? They're not going to find it apart from Christ. It's a, it's a search that's in vain apart from Christ. When you get a revelation of who Jesus is, you find your purpose. And brother, sister, there is a purpose that why you're on this earth right now. We need to, like Derek was saying, we need to lead as many to Christ as we can. We need to get over this, oh, I'm afraid stuff, and we just got to do it. Because when we get over that hump, that's when the Holy Ghost is going to show up, and you're going to see results like Derek is. Amen? This church is going to be an evangelistic church from this day forward. We're, I'm telling you, radical evangelism. We're going to get radical for Jesus. Amen? The devil, no, listen. Yeah, since my mom's death, I'm telling you what right now, the enemy messed with the wrong person. We're going after it. We're going to tell people about Jesus radically. Amen? You, you thought I was radical before? You just wait and see. All right, Matthew thirteen forty four. Matthew thirteen forty four. Hallelujah, God is good, amen? amen. And we love Him. Why? Because He first loved us, amen. Motivated by His love, I like that saying. All right, Matthew thirteen forty four. Through 46, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he, it, uh, let me, let me rewind. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. That's when you get a revelation of, 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 of the kingdom of God in our purpose, I'm telling you right now, I, 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 you will be willing to give, give anything up, anything that the Lord would show you that he wants you to give up. And to follow him. To buy that field. Amen? To buy that pearl. Because it's so precious. You just don't want it for yourself. You've got to give it away. Do you want to give it away? You've got to give it away. You've got to give it away. Because that is what we are called to do on this earth. Yes, the gospel has some great personal benefits. Don't get me wrong. But we've got to lead others to to that. Amen? So revelation and illumination from the Holy Spirit inspires people to be radically sold out for Jesus. This happened when Jesus revealed himself to Saul on the road to Damascus, who later became the Apostle Paul. He got a big revelation, didn't he, of who Jesus was. In fact, Jesus appeared to him in a vision. How many of you know that would probably be pretty motivating Pretty convincing stuff there, wouldn't you say? In Paul, 
Preach the word with all authority, all boldness, didn't back down, was a bulldog for the Lord Jesus Christ all the way until he was martyred for his faith. Are you hearing me? Revelation caused the disciples to take persecution for the sake of the gospel. Like I said earlier, revelation creates a conviction. And that's why, that's why I said so many people are willing, willing just to lay down everything they have, knowing that even if they were killed as a martyr for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know what their eye is on? That crown they're going to receive from Jesus one day. That is why I preached a sermon uh, not too long ago about the key to victory. The key to victory in this earth is maintaining a heavenly mindset. Maintaining a heavenly perspective. There's nothing on this earth. You're not going to take it with you. I was just at my dad's uh, this week, the last couple days. Mom, of course, passed away about six weeks ago. And, you know, it's tough there. And and I, I just kind of walk in her room, you know, and I just look at the bed where she died, and I just kind of open up her, her dresser drawer, see her clothes there. I, I open the closet, I see her clothes, and the Holy Spirit whispered to me, said, see, you don't take anything with you from this earth. You don't take anything with you from this earth. Are you hearing me, somebody? You come into this world naked, you're going to leave naked. Are you hearing me? The only thing that matters on this earth is bringing people to Jesus and saving them from an eternity in hell. That is all that matters is the kingdom of God. The rest is a bunch of rubbish. The rest is your job. Yeah, you do a great job. You respect your, your authorities and all that. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, you know, where God has you right now, that is your ministry. That is your assignment. Say assignment. You're not going to, and my mom had a good grasp on that. I mean, she, she would give her uh, every last dime she had to someone who needed it. Anything she had. And she's reaping the rewards up in heaven right now for it. And you will do the same thing too if we will live unselfishly and live for Jesus on this earth. But not every Christian on this earth is willing to take up their cross. Sure, they'll follow Jesus if it fits their comfort zone. If it fits into their busy schedule. Sure, you know, I might tell someone if they bring it up first. Wouldn't want to offend anybody. You know what I'm saying? But the cross that Jesus is referring to is the will of God. There are many people who, who are Christians, but they're just they're living their life outside of the will of God for their lives. They got caught up in selfishness. They got caught up in it's all about me mentality. Well, it's not. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about saving people from hell right now. Some people, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. Some people about say, well, predestination. They just say, well, you know, God just handpicked who he wants saved, there's no reason for us to do anything because whoever's going to get saved is just going to get saved. Those who are going to get hell, go in hell. God just determined and destined them for hell. You know, you want to know a verse that just blows that predestination stuff out of the water? Are you ready for this? That God has handpicked certain ones to be saved and those? Two, 
Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. That's number one, ammunition. Number two, hell was not created for humans. The Bible's very clear that hell was created for the devil and his angels. So don't give me this junk that you are not supposed to tell anybody about Jesus because it just don't matter. It does matter. Jesus said, pray for laborers to be sent into the harvest. Hell was not created for humans. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's go out to the whosoever's. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. All right. Now, just two things I want to mention and I'm done. We need to position ourselves to receive more revelation and illumination from the Holy Spirit. I mentioned some of these things, but, but I want to just say, uh, touch two things here. Hebrews 4.12, go there with me. How do you position yourself to receive more revelation? Hebrews 4.12 says this. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Notice it says that the word of God is alive. It is anointed. When you got, when you, when the word's coming forth, whether you're reading it or you're hearing it, there is an anointing on the word. The Holy Ghost is attached to the word. More word, more Holy Ghost. You want more Holy Ghost? You need more word. Are you hearing me? And as you get into the word more, as you, as you keep yourself in a position to hear the word, feed on the word, you are creating an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to reveal more revelation to you. You're softening your heart. The word is alive. It is alive. It is alive. There's a reason why Satan and evil spirits are trying to keep the word of God out of public schools. There's a reason why he's trying to keep it out of Washington for sure. Are you hearing me somebody? Because it's quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 and 7. Are you getting anything out of this? We need more word, more word. I don't care how many times you heard a verse, how many times you heard it, you keep feeding on it. Because you know what? It might be the 25th time you read that in one day, the Holy Spirit pops revelation and illumination on the inside of you. God is a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek Him. Be diligent. Press in. Press in like never before. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 and 7 says, I planted, Apollo watered, but God, uh, but God gave the increase. So then, he, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. That increase that, is, that the word is talking about, you know what the increase is? Revelation knowledge. We plant the word. We plant the word. God has to give the revelation. We can't give the revelation. In fact, if a pastor is speaking a revelation, guess where he's getting it from? The Holy Spirit, from God. So we plant the word. We just plant the word. Someone comes along, they water the word. They're like, man, someone just came up to me and told me this earlier today. Then the Holy Spirit works in their heart. Boom, the revelation comes. They're on fire for Jesus. They get radically saved. And they bring more. We need laborers. We need laborers. Think about it. If you plant flowers and you put it in an atmosphere that promotes growth, it's going to grow, right? 
Well, we need to plant and water the word in our hearts, our own personal hearts. And then revelation will come and it will just come. I'm telling you right now, I, oh my. Fill yourself with the word. Let your walls of tradition come down that are contrary to the word. Whatever you were taught that is out of line, you need to get rid of it. And the only way you can is with the word of God, that double-edged sword that separates truth from error. So parents, I want to I say this to, to parents, make sure you are training your child up in God's word and, and not on your own mindsets. Start your kids off right in life. Teach them the word of God. Uh, take every opportunity to teach them how to apply God's word in their life. Take every opportunity. You know, someone, uh, they, they got in a fight with someone at school. Why don't you take them through the word and show them how God says to forgive? You know, anything. The, the Bible is so relevant in this life. So relevant. Anything you go through, there's some scripture that is there to encourage and give you strength and lift you up. Do that for your children. Start them off right. In my last, well, actually my second point, uh, Colossians 3, 1 through 2. How do you position yourself for more revelation? You need to stay heavenly minded. I mentioned that a minute ago. But I want to say this also. It, there's an there's a account in the book of Acts where Peter was on a roof. Right? And he had a vision from the Lord. And he was wondering what the vision was. Revelation came, it says, as he thought on the vision. I'm talking about meditating on spiritual things from the word of God. As he meditated, as he thought about the vision and seeking the Lord, guess what came? Revelation, understanding. We need to stay heavenly minded. Colossians 3, 1 through 2. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above a spiritual mindset. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind, your thought life, on things above and not on things on the earth. So if God tells us to set our our mind, our thought life on things above, what's the enemy going to try to get us to do? Focused on earthly things. Are you hearing me? Focus on things that really matter in life. A spiritual mindset. If you're going to stay carnally minded, you can forget about receiving revelation from the Holy Spirit. By staying carnally minded or focused just on natural things, you're cutting off your spiritual life source. And my last point, and I'm all done, is Ephesians chapter 1, 15 through 18. How do you position yourself for more revelation? Pray for more revelation of God's word. Pretty simple, isn't it? Let's look for it here. In Ephesians 1, 15 through 18. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. How did Paul pray for the saints? I do not not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. How, Paul? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you, there it is, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. This, this is an anointed prayer. This is a prayer that's in the word of God. That Paul was motivated to pray by the Holy Spirit for 
the, the people in Ephesus. He says, you, I, I pray that God will basically open your spiritual eyes and ears. God, give the people in Ephesus, give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why would Paul say that? Why would the Holy Ghost motivate him to, to pray like that? Because the Holy Ghost knows the power that's in revelation, knowledge, and illumination. That it will turn your world upside down and you will be radically sold out for Jesus when that revelation comes. Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. We need childlike faith. We need childlike faith on this earth. We need to really focus on things that really matter. Now maybe there's someone in this place. You've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. You're on the outside looking in. Let me tell you right now. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and then judgment. The moment you take your last breath on this earth. It's done and it's over. You don't have another chance at getting saved. And frankly, you might not have another chance after today. I don't know that. God knows that. But if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to come forward and I want to pray with you. I want, I want you to make him Lord of your life. You've got to today. Eternity is a long time. You know what eternity is? Never ending. Never ending. Never ending. If you've never made him Lord of your life, come over by the drum set and I want to pray with you. Probably maybe more so than not, there's some people in here who... You made Jesus Lord of your life in the past, but you are in a backslidden condition. Frankly, you don't know if you would go to heaven if you died right now. There is absolutely no confidence. There's no assurance. And for some of you, the Lord spoke this to me a few days back. A sermon title. Are you ready for this? Is it assurance or insurance? Some people just come to Jesus just for fire insurance. You need to give him your whole life. Amen? If you are backslidden and you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, I want you to come forward and meet me by the drum set. Let's pray. Let's just, let's have a new beginning today, a new start today. Especially if there's no assurance that you're, you would go to heaven. I mean, that's, uh, that, that's not a good uh, bet there. Amen. You need to come forward today. Maybe you need a, well, actually, if you never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It's a Bible experience if you want to learn more and receive over by the drum set. Physical healing, emotional healing. Turn that up, Joshi. Hallelujah. If you need prayer for anything, just meet me over there. I'm just going to leave the altar open. If you want to come and worship the Lord as the music plays, feel free to do so. But it's time for us as a whole, as a body. We need to get more evangelistic focused. Amen? We've got to do it. Why don't you right now lift your hands to the Lord, everybody. I want you to say, Heavenly Father, pour your Holy Spirit upon me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with the fire of God. Give me compassion for the lost. Give me boldness. Give me revelation and illumination from your Holy Spirit of the Word of God. I want to know you more. I want more intimacy with you. Forgive me for falling away from you. Forgive me for being cold and lukewarm. I want to be red hot for the Lord Jesus Christ. Help me to discover my purpose and ministry. 
in Jesus' name. Anybody need prayer? Come over here. us. Hallelujah. Carrie from Lansing, Angela and Jerry's uh, daughter. Um, 
Yes, she wants to pray for her mom, Angela, that she would keep receiving revelation. So she wants to pray a blessing over her mom. So where is, where is uh, Angela? Bring her in here, actually. This will be good. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'll go to the next one for now. Uh, Dale. Um, Dale wants us to pray. All right. Dale wants us to pray for Tony White and for the whole family. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we pray for Tony. We pray for Trudy, the whole family, Lord God. We just pray blessing upon them. We pray that you would deliver them from all evil. I pray that your manifest presence, your glory would surround and encamp them, fill their home, Lord God. That, Lord God, that they will continue to move forward with you. That, Lord God, that if indeed, Lord God, maybe they, any of them have fallen away, Lord God, we pray that they would come back to their first love. Lord God, a revelation of that right now. Lord, stir up those emotions. Stir up, Lord God, that revelation inside of their hearts in Jesus' mighty name that your perfect plan and purpose will be done for Tony and the whole family in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said? Hallelujah. Come on up here, Angela. Carrie wants us to pray for you. That you would receive more revelation. Just stand right here. You guys are okay. You can stay down. Stretch your hands toward Angela right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we agree with Carrie. We all agree together that, Lord God, we just, first of all, thank you for what you're doing in Angela, Jerry, Carrie, and the whole family, Kathy, everybody, Shane. Lord God, I just pray that fresh revelation knowledge and illumination from the Holy Spirit would be stirred up within Angela and each one of them, Lord God, that you would fill their home with your presence That, Lord God, that you would just bless them abundantly. Order their steps, Lord God. Deliver them from evil. Encamp them with your holy angels. Give them more revelation of the keys of the kingdom of God. And how to walk, how to use those keys effectively. In Jesus' name, open their spiritual eyes and ears. Receive this for yourself, too. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we got one more prayer here. From Gail, uh, let's see here. This request comes from her husband, John. Uh, he prays uh, as his mom, who is not saved, uh, comes to visit over the next two weeks, will see something different in us and be drawn to God. Lord God, I pray right now. I pray for Gail and I pray for John that a fresh anointing would be upon them and in their house, that you would fill that house with your manifest presence and glory. And I pray, Father God, for John's mom. Lord God, as she comes, Lord God, to this that their city, comes into their home, uh, sees the whole family, Lord God, that she would... The blinders would come off of her heart and mind, that she would see a difference on them. That, Lord God, that uh, she would have a fresh revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, Lord God, that she would be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, give Gail and John the very words to speak. Give them wisdom and give them more revelation. Take them higher spiritually. We plead the blood of Jesus over them. I plead the blood of Jesus over everyone watching. I plead the blood of Jesus over the whole congregation of RCC right now. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Thank you for watching today. Come back next Sunday. God bless you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, everyone. We got to tear down. And we have to set up for the dinner. Hang around. Don't leave. It's going to be good.